Hey, welcome. We're live. Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. Told you we were going to come back. We've been doing a couple shows every once in a while. That's part of our plan right now. And uh, for the first time, and I don't know how many years, we sat out an entire election season, which is really unlike us. We didn't interview anyone running for mayor in any city, but we're going to have some endorsements tonight. I wanted to open up the show remembering our friend, Red Blazer, Glenn Prescott, a uh, friend, friend of all, friend of the community. Uh, there's a story from uh, Chris Verone with Dig Boston. He was a friend of Chris Verone. He's a friend of so many people, uh, a, you know, basically about Red Blazer, Glenn Prescott, who we lost this week. Um, an old friend of mine going back good 15 years I'm trying to scroll down on the story here i'm trying to do two things at once i think i got it i think i can do this yes this was my quote on the on the on the lead for the story red wasn't looking for the spotlight like a lot of activists in the cannabis movement he was a dependable behind the scenes supporter and that's how i will remember him way back in the very beginning and he did become someone that was recognizable in the cannabis movement but it didn't start out that way and it didn't start off that way for me either i think uh, a lot of people today unfortunately want to jump right to become a leader and not do the hard work that someone like red blazer did for decades helping patients helping me helping uh michael malta's family when he passed away and i'm not gonna say he was a saint because he wasn't you know we we actually had our own issues uh, we recently made up before he before he passed away, um, and we love each other. I love him. Uh, I'm really upset that I didn't reach out sooner, and uh, I think that I always knew he was a good person, did a lot for people. Um, so I'm I'm sad this week, but we have a huge show. I want to make sure that people know we're going to make make a lot of endorsements tonight. Young Jerks endorsements. There's an election tomorrow all across the state. So we're gonna be talking about some of the cannabis initiatives, some of the races where we, we don't want uh, cannabis prohibitionists to win tomorrow. So we're gonna tell you who to vote for. We're gonna endorse some people, but we have two huge special guests, really special guests. I'm really happy because uh, one of them, I've been working kind of with her, helping her because she's had a lot of trouble trying to get her cannabis dispensary open, licensed, she got sued by a bunch of goons. We showed up to protest for her. And she's a fighter just as much as I'm a fighter. We fought for her and she's been since then just fighting for the community and fighting for what's fair in cannabis, for consumers, for patients, for businesses all across the state. Uh, I'm really excited to have her. And we also have, who we didn't announce, uh, is with the Massachusetts Cannabis Business Association. Uh, he's also joining us, David O'Brien. I didn't say her name yet. Her name's her first name's Caroline. I want to make sure I say her name correctly. So let's find out. Well, Caroline, how do I say your last name? Is it Pino? Pino? Pino, like the wine. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> I, I I I don't know if you know Dave Pino. They spell it differently. And, and Frank Pino from Waltham, friend of actually Glenn Prescott. They're uh, famous kind of local musicians who. Are are P I N O, uh, you know? So I know the word Pino. That's easy for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I gave you a big, you know, run up, and I didn't say your name because I was afraid to screw it up. But Caroline, welcome to the show, and David O'Brien, welcome to the show. I feel like I have two awesome, great people on the show tonight. I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks so much for having us, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Um, I, there's a lot going on, you know, in terms of what's happening in came uh, in Haverhill right now with 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 you all. Uh, Caroline, you, you had a big struggle to get open in Haverhill. You got sued uh, by three gentlemen. Uh, it was a bunch of BS. You won that. It cost a lot of money and time and heartache. Uh, and now you're dealing with issues with the city uh, doing these these impact fees, which are ridiculous. Hot, like a lot of money they're they're asking for like you know some cities and towns are actually doing impact fees a lot of them are actually getting rid of them because they know it's bs but i haven't seen anyone have as large of an impact fee and with the ridiculousness that i saw in this report from the city of haverhill and you're now suing them tell us about you know 
this whole situation in Haverhill, is there any updates since uh, the Commissioner Hoffman spoke in support of you? What's been happening? Sure. Um, so it's a very um, complicated um, situation that we found ourselves in, particularly if people aren't familiar with the legislation surrounding impact fees. But the legislation essentially says that um, municipalities like Haverhill can ask for up to 3% um, of a licensee's gross revenue, so long as those fees are reasonably related to the operation and that the fees be documented and made public record. Um, so as part of my license renewal, I was asking of the city of Haverhill, um, which I am required to do as part of uh, my renewal process, what are those fees? Um, and they were not responding. They were responding um, vaguely. And then finally, they responded um, once the Cannabis Control Commission actually asked me to, to ask them again for the information. Um, they came back and said that we had been responsible for um, increased domestic violence, allegedly, um, increased drug use in schools, allegedly, um, and a whole host of other, um, quite frankly, in, insulting accusations. Um, and that for me was really what um, made me go all in on uh, pursuing this legally, um, because it was clear to me that they were not concerned uh, about following the four corners of the statute and the law, which are very clear. Um, and so it's a fight that I felt was important to take on, not only for my business and my community, but also the cannabis community and industry at large um, throughout the state, um, because these fees are unjust and they're unlawful and communities like Haverhill are taking advantage of small business operators. Um, and it's also created, you know, a bit of a, a pay to play market, um, which large multi-state operators uh, might be better poised to handle than someone such as myself, which is an independent operator. Um, so that's why I feel it's important to fight back, to hold the city accountable um, to following the law. And that's really all we're asking for in this situation. Pay for local monopoly is, is what it feels like. David, what do you want to weigh in on all of this? Yeah, I think it's um, worth replaying the, the tape a little bit, Mike. The, the, this came into being um, in about the 11th hour of the conference committee back in July of 2017. I know that because I was lobbying for weed maps at the time on the East Coast uh, with a heavy emphasis on Massachusetts. And the six members of the conference committee inserted this language about host community agreements. And really they were being used as an incentive to sort of calm the fears of communities that were going to opt in or stay in based on their valid question to hosting licenses of all types. Um, and at the time, the language was written, most of us thought pretty clearly, which was to Caroline's point, it would be a reasonably related fee to mitigating the cost of hope hosting her store or another store in town or two other stores in town or, you know, however many there may be. And, you know, came to pass, before you can even apply to the state, you must negotiate a host community agreement which deals with the time and manner of how you'll operate your business. And too many communities wrote these HCAs with their business, their fledgling businesses that wanted to get through step one, which was the local approval process. Um, and they wrote things like, <clears throat> excuse me, notwithstanding the, that we have to provide you proof, you'll agree to give us this money anyway. So they basically think they covered themselves with what I'd call an illegal contract. There is a reason that there are six bills pending in the legislature right now to fix this. It's because it's broken. It's broken because communities are collecting fees that they're quite frankly not earning because there are no additional expenses. There's a reason that Mayor David Narkowitz in Northampton said in January, we're gonna stop collecting these fees. We're gonna rewrite the HCAs that exist, charge only that which is actually a cost and any new HCAs we write, we're gonna write this more strictly. There's a reason why in Lee, Massachusetts, Canna Provisions was able to step up and talk to that community and say, we're not paying the fee, stop charging us for it. Uh, there's a reason why Caroline is a hero in this industry to step up and take the fight to Haverhill and to their municipal government to say, I'm not paying this anymore. You're gonna have to like fight me in court over it. And that produced as part of a documentation, right. the, um, the ridiculous memo 
um, that they paid to have put together. And I think she paid for that too. Yeah. Um, how much was that? I was wondering. I, was, I, I didn't get to that part. Like, I'm like, how, how much does this document cost? Yeah, it was somewhere in the ballpark of like thirty or forty thousand dollars for this outside um, group consulting group to come in and basically figure out how they were going to make a report that would somehow, in their mind, justify these unjust fees. Um, and and listen, if there had been actual impacts, we've never said we wouldn't pay those costs. It's never about that. Um, we made an agreement with the city of Haverhill that says we will pay for up to 3% so long as it's reasonably related. So the disconnect is that they are not providing us with documentation that is reasonably related and they still want the money. So it, you know, it takes two, um, you know, good business people to follow a contract. Haverhill STEM has followed, um, you know, our obligation and we don't think it's unreasonable to expect that Haverhill, one of the largest cities in the Commonwealth to do the same. Now, uh, Caroline, how you like just to be clear because i think a lot of people don't like a lot of the people in the industry get what's going on but a lot of the average uh haverhill citizens might not quite understand you have made substantial payments to the city of haverhill that go by your contract right oh yeah so um just to be clear this is in addition to the three percent sales tax that uh the city of haverhill receives <sighs> from STEM's business. And this is actually the consumer that pays this sales tax. Um, our business files, our sales taxes, we pay that regularly. That's a 3%. There is an additional 3% impact fee um, that we agreed to in our host community agreement. And that is where the legislation is very clear that those are for mitigation costs. Those are for costs for unforeseen expenses that the city might need to incur because of STEM's operation, not because of legalization as a whole. And we have asked for what those, you know, that documentation um, entails because our contract, um, you know, it asks that we that we pay the three percent of our gross revenue, and in turn, we don't think it's unreasonable to expect that the city follow the contract and provide that documentation. So we have paid um, three hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars to the city of Haverhill, um, which has yet to be substantiated by um, documentation. Now, it's it's so funny because you know we're talking about fees and I, I started reading the document and I, I just had to stop because it was making me sick to my stomach because right away I saw the police charges and for me like being a kind of a policy wonk on this stuff and involved in the decrim medical and legal campaigns as a huge supporter and working with you know the people that ran those campaigns where I would call them up and talk to them and you know we we ran those campaigns knowing we were going to save money for police departments. We we're going to save money for the Commonwealth. We we're going to save money for cities and towns because each of those arrests, like I got arrested for one gram of cannabis, you know, and, and those arrests are so stupid because they're continued without a finding. Nothing happens to people except it's on their record and uh, they can't get a job later, which is crazy. But for the most part, it's wasted police resources. And it's one of the top arrests that you'll see. It's it's a, it's not like, you know, oh, they only arrest people for cannabis possession once in a while. No, it was like one of the top arrests that they made. So it should be a substantial savings of manpower, the right writing the reports. They should be writing a check to STEM. The police department should be writing a check to STEM saying, you know what? We saved $2 million this year because we didn't have to arrest people anymore. Am I right or am I wrong on this, Caroline and, and David? The Haverhill Costs report was a complete sham. They did not identify a single actual impact from legal cannabis sales. They did not identify a single new hire for the city because of cannabis sales. Instead, they just dumped existing municipal salaries on the pool of impact fees they collected from operators. They didn't use the money to actually reimburse the city for those salaries, which tells me that they were never really honest in the first place about those alleged impacts. Um, so we look forward to continuing to hold them accountable. It's the right thing to do. It's time for us as an industry to say enough is enough. Um, and it's it's the right thing to do for consumers as well. Now, um, someone said, what data are they using uh, that cannabis is causing increased use in schools and domestic violence? Do you have any idea on that one? 
Jennifer asked that question. Yeah, complete fiction. I don't know where they get that from. They have yet to disclose where they've got that from other than their own imagination. Yeah, it seems like a lot of imagination. They paid $30,000 to come up with a report of fiction, it's, it looks like. Um, so let me ask, where does the lawsuit go from here? Like, what's the timetable on this? Where do you expect, you know, what's, what's going to happen next? What can people expect to see? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, so the city of Haverhill filed a uh, motion to dismiss the lawsuit, um, alleging that, you know, this was just didn't even need to see a courtroom. Thankfully, the judge disagreed um, and dismissed their um, their claim that they should get the whole thing thrown out. So next we go to trial. Um, we will go through um, discovery, which is the phase that we're in through now. I am no stranger to, um, unfortunately, this type of litigation, as you mentioned and alluded to earlier. Um, I was involved with several other suits and still am involved with those suits. Sadly, um, we have had quite a few um, successes with those, but they do take a long time. Um, so although I want this to be, you know, give us some some quick justice, it, it is going to take time to make its way through the court system. Um, but I have patience and perseverance on my side, and I look forward to continuing to, to fight the good fight. Now, one thing I noticed when we did, we did the protest against the three male business owners that were suing you to stop you from opening, a lot of women showed up, a lot of local women. Um, and I'm also noticing the same pattern in, in, with the city where you're up against another longtime older male. Like this is like the mayor. I mean, I don't know how many years he's been in office, but like if you know, if you did a Hollywood movie, he's like central casting. It's like exactly who you would expect to be the mayor is the mayor. You just look at him. Um, like, does it does it frustrate you that you like you keep coming up against men trying to older men? It seems like the established males trying to stop you from running just a regular business following following the law. It does frustrate me, but it doesn't stop me. I know at the end of the day, um, not only am I dealing with the stigma of cannabis, I'm also dealing with a power structure that has been in place for generations. Um, and it is, you know, it does favor to uh, a, a male perspective. Um, I very much have run up against that. The mayor frequents the very spot that's suing my business for trying to prevent me from opening. That's his that's his hang spot. So mm -hmm. um, I it doesn't surprise me, uh, but it also doesn't stop me because um, you know, taking advantage of small business, whether it's a man or a woman, um, it's just not okay. And I'm, I don't stand for it. Mike, I think the larger point is this is a statewide problem. Caroline is the tip of the spear on this. She's taken it to court. Um, a lot of other operators agree with her. Most, I would say the majority, the vast majority agree with her. Uh, but they don't want to make a stink in their communities because they signed an agreement that they don't want to have to push back locally on, but they all agree that any any payments they're making, no other community has has put together a, a fake memo like this payroll group has, or even a real memo to say, this is how we've spent your money. And they're supposed to provide that. Um, we did a report with UMass Boston through Mass Cannabis Business Association. We released it back in the spring, I believe. And we did a, a sort of round robin of, um, municipalities and all license types across the state and found that most maxed out at the full 3%. Most went the full five years. Many thought they could renegotiate after five years, which they're not supposed to do. That's supposed to sunset. And none had provided any proof yet. So our next follow on to that is to say, go operator by operator, license by license, community by community and say to the operator, what have you paid? What have they proven? And then go to the municipality. What has been paid? How did you spend it? And to other municipalities, you've got an HCA. They're not licensed yet. How do you plan to spend it? And then let the, the media know in each media market and say, what do you think? If we can't get the answer, perhaps you can as the local media outlet. Let us know what you find out. It's a joke. They can't prove it. They're collecting money that they're just putting into the general fund and saying, get over it. Accept it. We're going to keep taking it. 
And if you're a local citizen, you should be asking them, you know, and, and asking your local press too to cover it. That's another one, like the local newspaper. Um, what what can people do? Like, well, how can people? Because you know, this affects everybody. You know, there's a reason why the prices are so high. This is a lot of the reason. Just you know, all all of this, we're we're trying to attack a a lot of different angles on this whole cannabis issue. But this is just one piece of it. What can people do to help? Talk to their elected officials. Demand action. Ask for the proof. And when they put proof together, that's a document that just either makes you laugh or cry, depending on your perspective. Ask that they they change it and, and obey the law, obey the regulations. The Cannabis Control Commission chairman has come out publicly for better than a year now and said, this is a joke. We need to fix this. They want the authority to oversee it. There are six bills in the legislature. Bills don't get filed in the legislature that easily. Um, it's a problem. It's a problem that needs to be solved. Now, this mayor is up for uh, re-election. It's a, uh, he has a challenger, a city councilor challenging him. And something happened with CNA stores the other day, four days before an election. CNA stores management posed with the Haverhill mayor who, who imposed these outrageous impact fees. Do you have comment on, on that? I don't. I'm not going to get into the local um, personalities. This is bigger than Haverhill, in my opinion. Uh, it happens to be ground zero for the issue right now. And Caroline is uh, in the thick of it. And she has on more than one occasion told me this has not been easy on her and on her on her family, on her stress level, on running her business. That is legal in Massachusetts. It's legal. Treat it like it's legal. Stop stigmatizing it and treating it like she put a plutonium plant down on Washington Street. It's a store that sells products to people. That's it. And Caroline, do you have do you want to say anything about it? Yeah, I think, you know, other stores can do what they want. My goal really is to challenge the inequity and the unfairness of impact fees. Um, it's clear, as uh, David mentioned, that the legislature made a terrible mistake by enacting impact fees in the first place. And anything that I can do to call attention to that mistake is something that I'm on board for and I'm fine with. Um, and so I look forward to... Um, to continuing to hold the city accountable. Um, and I know that, you know, what I'm doing will make a difference in my community, but I also know that it's going to make a difference for the industry in a whole. And, um, and that makes me feel really good. And, and operators from across the state have reached out with words of encouragement, support, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and so I'm just going to keep on keeping on. It's awesome. Um, with that press photo, whatever you want to call it, they, they had a check. Uh, they basically announced that they're giving money to two different charities, two different local charities, I believe it is, uh, through the impact fees, which to me seemed really strange because I was like, wait, I thought the impact fees were going to buy cop cars because you said there was an increase in crime. And now you're giving them to two charities, one of them who's actually connected to one of the CNA stores owners. Um, do you guys think that's going to help your court case? I mean, it seems kind of strange. Am, am, am I misreading that? I mean, what do you, any comment on that part of it? Well, I don't know the particulars of went on. And again, I don't want to, you know, speculate, um, about what other stores are or not doing. I know that the impact fees, um, it's very clear what the impact fees are for. And it's for reasonably related costs. Um, and so to me, um, you know, one reason I've been fighting this from the beginning is because when I got that letter from the mayor that says that I'm responsible for increased <coughs> domestic violence, my store is responsible for increased uh, drug use in schools, that that just doesn't sit well with me. That if if I pay that fee willingly, that I am complicit in advancing that as a anti-cannabis agenda. Um, and so to me, it was really important to um, to intervene, say enough is enough. Um, show me the documentation where um, you draw that conclusion from. Um, I have yet to see that documentation. We are going to continue to move forward, and I think it's the right thing to do. Awesome. And uh, we're getting some comments, obviously, tonight. Uh, people are commenting on uh, the open about Red Blazer, and they're also commenting uh, that they really like Caroline. Uh, well said, Caroline. Uh, you're a rock star, Caroline. They're all, they also like David as well. Uh, <laughs> well you know who commented? 
<laughs> yes, you are. Eric Williams of uh, Canada Provisions, he actually commented. He said, Caroline is a hero fighter. And he said, David is a fighter, too, with exclamation points. So you're getting, you know, some good some good feedback there, definitely. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Eric. Um, yes. And again, my name is Mike Crawford. Uh, this is the Young Jerks. And we have David O'Brien, who's with the Massachusetts Cannabis Business Association. And we also have Carolyn Pino, who is uh, the owner, founder, co-owner, co founder with her husband of uh, STEM Haverhill, which is the first women economic empowerment uh, owned shop in the city of Haverhill. Um, I want to ask you, you know, more about in terms of, you know, David, where is this going to go? Like, cause we talked about, you know, what might happen at the state house. Do you think uh, like how we hear bills all the time, they don't go anywhere. Sometimes they do actually recently. How does this bill, you know, how do the three bills look on us to change this? Yeah. So there are six bills. Um, I'm more hopeful than I was last session. Um, it, it made it through the House last session. I think it made it to Ways and Means in the Senate. And then it was, if it wasn't a COVID bill last year, understandably, the legislature was pretty focused on getting us out of a pandemic. Um, but this year, they have a, a lot greater bandwidth. And I think that, um, I think I, I'm hopeful that it's going to move through the legislature uh, in talking to some of the leadership at the Joint Cannabis Policy Committee. They think there's an appetite to move it this year. Um, and I do think communities sort of coming to the realization that they're stocking away money that they're sort of collecting without receipts is probably getting to them a little bit. And the more and more it's in the news, whether it's in Haverhill that gets picked up on an Associated Press or gets picked up at Mass Live or Worcester T&G or Fall River and all the, the craziness that went down in Fall River with the handout uh, by the elected officials. I, I mean, I've called this legalized extortion and I'll stick to that. Um, I think the more and more it's out there, the more people, the more the press covers it, the more unreasonable it seems. Um, so that's that's the part that I think public pressure is getting to the point. I mean, I think we learned in the beginning part of this year, public pressure pressure on the cannabis industry about issues like social equity can make people do some things that they didn't think they were capable of. Public pressure from the cannabis community uh, to elected officials at the local level, the state level, can move public policy. It's how you got uh, legal um, medical in on the 2012 ballot and how you got recreational on the 2016 ballot and how you got, I think, pretty good legislation out of 2017. Not perfect by any stretch. And the regulations continue to evolve. So this is a, this is, very much a, uh, I think the chairman has called it building a plane while it's in flight. It, it is that, and and I think the the people who run the cannabis control commission are doing the best they can, but they can't pass laws. It's not up to them. They would like the law to change and have the authority. I would like the HCA to go away altogether. I mean, three years in, it looks like there's no appreciable costs. It's closer to zero dollars than it is three percent. And anybody who tells you any different is full of it. Right. Absolutely. You agree, right, Caroline? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, um, they're, it's perfectly clear there have been no impacts due to legal cannabis. And, um, you know, I, I, I am looking forward to the day when um, elected officials can, um, you know, stand a little bit more firmly um, and, and recognize and, 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 speak to it as it is, as some communities are certainly starting to do. Um, I think it's, you know, only a matter of time before more and more do that. I look forward to that. Um, and, and hopefully these will all go away someday. Um, but I just think, you know, as an industry, we can do so much together by speaking to elected officials, by educating our public about the, the positive impact that cannabis um, um, sales taxes have been able to help communities, um, the decrease in crime, the decrease in, in youth use. Um, these are all things that we can uh, make it our mission as operators um, to accomplish in our communities. Um, so that's a fight that I'm committed to. And, um, and I know so many operators across the state are as well. It's awesome. It seems like you guys are starting to create a movement too, a little bit. I know um, I brought up one, you know, one uh, 
other dispensary group. Are you working with other dispensaries officially? Like, are there any that I know some are afraid or, but are there any that you're really like, you know, you're working with and you want to kind of bring up or any organizing that's happening around some of these issues? Um, I have not worked with any other dispensaries. I've spoken to many operators about these fees and their discussions with their local communities. I know there's some wonderful conversations happening. Um, communities really have the upper hand because they control these host community agreements. This is the problem. And this is why oversight is needed um, because in many ways, um, especially independent operators are, are nervous to speak up as David mentioned about this because of retaliation. Um, and so there's a lot of fear around this. Um, maybe I have thick skin, skin because I've been through it with um, some angry neighbors prior, but um, you know, I feel it's important to use my voice and my position, um, particularly um, you know, in light of the outrageous claims that my um, city set forth, um, it, it makes it all the more easy to fight this fight. Awesome. Uh, we wish you well. We'll be supporting you 100% on this. Um, David, is there anything you want to kind of leave on, leave related to that? No, I would just say, Mike, that the Mass CBA has been committed to this since it sort of first surfaced. Um, Caroline has sort of put her hand up and along the way and said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to dig in on this. We'd love to work with Mass CBA and be public about this. And and more people have raised their hand, uh, more operators. Mass CBA tends to work with uh, stores like Caroline, who are newer. Uh, we're not uh, medical vertically integrated that co-locate. We're really about building the industry, um, the adult use industry from the ground up. Um, and most of the people in the industry, whether they're medical and or um, recreational, um, everybody suffers from the HCA issue, right? If right. you're going to do adult use, you must have an HCA. There's some percentage in there and you're unhappy about paying it. So it's one of those things that can unify the industry. Uh, and we tend to be that sort of organization. We, we work on consensus-based issues because when it affects all of us, we should be able to collaborate and get together. Um, but that said, we haven't uh, we haven't fixed it yet, but I'm hopeful. I see a Facebook user. Sometimes those are people who haven't registered their name to post it on our StreamYard yet. But uh, I have a feeling I know who this is just by the comment. I think that's Warren Lynch. I'm going to guess. He says, uh, Malden has been nicer than Haverhill about the fees, but I support you, Caroline. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Warren, if I screwed up, you get me back for all the times that I called you fake news. <laughs> he's not fake news. Warren's a really good. He's he's Warren is kicking butt lately. I, I I beg Warren for forgiveness on that. I should have never said that about you, Warren. I was just joking. Uh, I, I, we're having a good time here on the Young Jerks, as we always do with Carolyn uh, Pinu. Uh, Pino, excuse me, from STEM Haverhill and David O'Brien from MCBA. Uh, and Warren says, yes, this is Warren. I knew it. I knew it was Warren. Uh, you are awesome, Mike, he said, too. That's funny. Um, so we also had some other comments, too. We had uh, Randall. Uh, he says the Cannabis uh, Center of Excellence is behind you, Randall McCaffrey. Thanks, Randall. Yeah, him and Marion have been amazing, as has David's organization. Um, you know, so many people that have been in this long industry way longer than I have, um, really stepping up to the plate to even just offer moral support has been um, so awesome. So thank you guys. Awesome. And we did leave, uh, some people were asking if they could call in tonight. Uh, if you check the comments, it should be the top comment there, especially on uh, Facebook, I think on Twitter as well, maybe even YouTube, but it, it should allow you to call in if you want to call in and ask a question real quick right now. But it's now or never. You're going to have to do it quickly. Uh, we just put that out there for people if they want to call in with a question. But, or you can just leave a comment like other people are doing. Um, my name is Mike Crawford. This is the Young Jerks. And, again, we have Caroline uh, Pino. She's the owner, uh, the top person over at STEM Haverhill, which is a dispensary in Haverhill, who had to you know, fight a lawsuit and still fighting a lawsuit from three guys who decided to sue her because uh, they didn't want her to open. And since then, she's been shaken down by the city uh, for ridiculous fees that are really just BS, as I call them. And now she's having to sue the city. And uh, especially since the city can't back up, you know, what's what's not in the contract is uh, that you can just make stuff up, you know. So 
this is going to be interesting. We really support Caroline. Uh, we, David O'Brien, again, is from the Massachusetts Cannabis Business Association. He's here as well. So if you have any questions for us, you could definitely leave them right now before uh, we wrap it up with them. Do you have anything last that you want to kind of share, either one of you? I know you, you're both involved in a lot of charities and you know activities around cannabis. Caroline, I know you do a lot in Haverhill. What do you, anything you, either one of you want to talk about tonight? I, I would just, before Caroline goes, I would say every cannabis operator as a part of their um, approval process with the Cannabis Control Commission is required to basically be in touch with the community. And that uh, includes charitable giving. It includes having positive impacts in their community and neighboring communities who may have been impacted by the war on drugs. Um, they are new businesses, in many cases led by younger people, but not all younger people, um, who understand that the war on drugs was made up by the Nixon administration. And they really lean into the notion of, if we're gonna rebalance some of the scales on this, diversity, equity, and inclusion is a way to do that. And it's a part of the ethos of pretty much any business I've met in the space. Um, and they're building an industry that they say they'd like to see if they could build it all themselves, not just their own stores or their own cultivation and manufacturing. So social equity is very much a part of, of the new cannabis businesses that are that are popping up all over the state. And, and that's something I'm proud of. I'm, I'm proud to be affiliated with it. I'm proud to see people practice it. And they do it when you're not watching them. Really, they do. So they're doing it because they believe it, not because they're getting an extra point on it. So I think that's important to, to, to put out there and let people understand that these are tough businesses to open. They cost a lot of money. It takes a lot of patience and stick-to-itiveness, and you don't always get it open. And if you do, it takes longer and costs more. And the effective tax rate in this space is through the through the roof, as expensive exactly. as people can imagine, because you can't deduct normal business expenses. None of that is to say feel bad for them. They took this risk. They knew what they were in for, but it shouldn't be harder or doubly hard once you're in the business to operate. That's right. And, you know, I'm glad you, you you brought up something that kind of bugs me too. It's like, I know a lot of the, the dispensaries and even, you know, the, like Caroline, I see you doing things all the time for the city of Haverhill. I, I know you're writing different checks that you're not getting credit for, that you're not using, you know, to offset your fees and all this other stuff. So it, it kind of bugs me because like, it's, it's like people don't even trust the giving anymore. Because you just think that they're giving because they have to give, you know, it's part of, it's part of their cover, you know, almost where it should be like every dollar that you're given, people should be really happy that you're giving, you know? So, and I know that you do, and a lot of dispensaries, they, they sponsor all, all sorts of things in, in the cities and towns they're in. So we, I'm sure you can tell us about that. Am I right, Caroline? Yeah. I mean, to me, this is like the beautiful part of this industry is community, um, community for the people that help fight to get you open and also the people that are so grateful um, to be a part of your community once you're open. We have some amazing, amazing nonprofits and community leaders in Haverhill that have leaned in, supported us, um, and we are happy to be a part um, of their missions. Um, and together we're doing really incredible things together. Um, Emmaus, a, a homeless shelter in Haverhill, um, I've been working with for years when I, you know, was in the the yoga industry before this, um, and now, you know, to be on the flip side with cannabis, and obviously we can we can help them in, in a much more significant way now. Um, but really, um, you know, together we are able to to work so well and uh, accomplish great things. So I I think we should continue to focus on the positive that this industry um, is doing. Um, so many operators across the state are doing wonderful things in their own communities um, because they want to. It's, it's, a, it's a privilege. It's an honor to be able to um, you know, do something that you love, work in the cannabis industry, but also simultaneously make big impacts on your community. Um, and and small impacts, you know, organizations that that might people might not even know about, but you make a difference in, you know, 
20 people's lives or five people's lives because you, you know, gave them a blanket and they're warmer now, or, um, you know, you, you made them a meal and they appreciated your, your kindness and your friendship. So those are little things that, um, you know, have made a, a huge difference to us. And I will say also to our staff, our staff is incredible and they volunteer so much of their time because they too believe in that mission. And so I think, you know, that really defines, um, you know, what our um, shop is all about. And I think you feel that when you walk in that, you know, and I think people want to support a place that, um, you know, is involved with their community. And so that's something that I'm commit committed to continuing um, one way or the other, regardless of what happens with these impact fees, because it does really make a difference and it is making a difference um, and it will continue to make a difference. It's awesome. Um, uh, more comments coming in. Caroline Frankel, uh, she owns uh, Caroline's Cannabis and Expert. She says, we love you, Caroline, and support you 100%. Thank you so much. Love a those Caroline people. to Caroline. It's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah we got, I, I, I think you're the only two Carolines I know who own dispensaries <laughs> and part, part, of the, part of the sisterhood. Yes, yeah. For sure. And uh we this is an important one. I, I this is another one where we don't know the name, but we I'm gonna guess who it is. And I think everyone's gonna know who it is. We're gonna see this one. Oh, <laughs> he's awesome. My wife is a badass for the podcast listen, listeners later. I think that's from your husband, right, Adam? I love him so much. I couldn't do this without his his moral support. You know, some days I come home just a total puddle and, um, you know, he picks me back up and, and puts me uh, back into perspective of why we're doing all of this. Um, and so I, I really need that. And, um, you know, while I'm out, you know, fighting the fight, he's holding down the fort and, and making STEM run smoothly. So I couldn't do it without all his support and love. Thank you. That's awesome. It's awesome to have a good partner. I, I'm thankful for my partner to extra special this week. So I feel the same way. When you're saying that, it's like making me feel, you know, this. it's funny. Yeah. Uh, other people are asking questions too. They're saying, uh, how can your win help other cities and towns in mass? Uh, and across the nation be uh, transparent. Like, does the city have to pay a fine or maybe your legal fees? People are asking about your legal fees if you win. That's the second question that came up on that. That way there is a precedent that might dis uh, decentivize them from making shit up. Any comment? I think uh, to be determined, I am fully confident that when this um, continues to go before the Superior Court judge in Newburyport, um, and it's a rotating judge, so I don't know who will who, who we will face next time. Um, the the person who dismissed the city of Haverhill's case last time was a, a woman judge, um, and she I was very pleased with her. Um, you know, her write up and synopsis of, of what's at play here. And I'm fully confident that the next judge, um, whether it be her or someone else, um, will read and interpret the statute uh, um, the way that it's written. Um, and I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to read it and understand it. Um, so I think is if we keep bringing attention back um, to what these communities are doing and how they're taking advantage of operators such as STEM and, and across the state, um, that we will continue to prevail in court. And then hopefully this, you know, my, my, my goal is so that no one behind me ever has to go through something like this again. There's so many people that are fighting and clawing their way into this industry that deserve to be in this industry. And these fees are a barrier of entry. So we need to raise our voices loud um, that these fees are unjust, that they we're, that we're not going to settle for anything but transparency. Um, and I am fully confident that um, you know, a judge will will see what's at play here, make the, the right determination, and hopefully no one else will have to go through this. Mike, if Caroline uh, wins this lawsuit, it's going to send shockwaves across the state because people are going to say, oh, shit, we're next. Right. If the law yeah. changes and they implement it, that's going to send shockwaves. If either one of those happens, it's going to make pretty quick change. Um, and we keep beating the drum locally. Um, with every municipality to say, hey, can you show me those numbers? What do you have to hide? What is what is your fear? If you can't make it add up and I can't read it as a reasonable person or I can't show it to my 90-year-old mother and say, hey, Ma, you read this. What do you think? And if she says, well, this doesn't seem right, that's what we're saying. It doesn't seem right because it's not. 
it doesn't it doesn't seem right at all i mean it just there's no way that you know all these fees should be attached that just don't make any sense it just it doesn't doesn't make sense and um you know it's it's so funny i'm, I'm so glad that you guys you know both of you have come on tonight um you're, you really have made the case for it you know I, th I think that it's pretty clear to people who have been listening you know nice work ob says randall um someone says the caroline effect so you know we're, we're getting good feedback all night on you and i think i think it's pretty clear the, you know these fees are outrageous they need to go and the only way that things change is when people actually take action you've taken action we need everyone else to take action and and that's basically what you know anytime anything happens in this movement i look back at how we got you know homegirl for medical that wasn't going to happen that was like not in the bill that was not in the initiative that they showed us patients two days before they were going to submit it to the state you know patients said we're not signing this we're going to protest you we're going to protest our own medical bill and they changed it they added home grow like that's the way things change is when people stand up and, and and david's talked about it recently how we've had wins recently and it's because people are contacting their state reps they're contacting the cannabis control commission and on this one it's you know contact those two places but also contact your local city councilors or your alderman or whatever they call them or your mayor your selectmen whoever's in power in the town start contacting them and tell them that this is bs that they need to get rid of these fees if they haven't already and then point them in the direction to northampton and to lee you know to the cities and towns that have already gotten rid of the fees you know or david or caroline you know they could they could you know or even just a link to this show you know so there's so much you can do and people need to do it. Am I am I right on this? Yeah, I mean, there's power in numbers, right? I mean, if it's if it's one lone voice in Haverhill, she's a mighty voice, and she shouldn't be alone. Um, if others are doing it, it becomes a chorus, and it's hard not to hear a chorus, right? If a chorus belts it out in church or you know at some performance, you hear it, but you got to keep it up. You got to demand action. You got to keep asking questions. I mean, it's your money. I mean. As a consumer, it's your money. As an owner, it's your money. If you're okay with writing a check to a community and you're just going to roll over and play dead, I, I don't know. I just stand up for yourself. I agree. You you have to stand up. There's no question. And Caroline has stood up for all of us, stood up for herself, stood up for the consumer, stood up for all the other businesses. So I just want to applaud you for Thank everything you. that you've done, Caroline. And you too, David. You've done... I've been watching you this year. You've done some amazing work, both of you. So it's a huge honor to have you on the show. Our audience sees it. I, I'm, I'm really glad that you are here tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. And uh, one last comment. I'm going to read this one too. Just feedback while you're here before we let you go. Jordan Clark says, also, Mike, thanks for asking the same question about men in the industry. We need more men to hold up a mirror to that bully behavior poor reflection of us. It shouldn't take a woman to create equitable space for women. I agree 100%. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. And uh, again, I want to thank David and Caroline for coming on tonight and uh, spending time with us. We'll talk soon. Keep us updated. If, if anything changes, anything, I, you know, this would be great if that, if the uh, mayor Haverhill just dropped the whole thing. He could do that. Like the, he dismissed the lawsuit, right? He could do that. He won't do that, but he could do that. <laughs> if enough people call them, if enough Haverhill residents call them, I think he would change his tune. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's do it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Ring the phone off the hook. Again, I want to thank you both for coming on tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. We're the Young Jerks. We're going to keep the show going. Um, again, I want to thank both of our guests tonight. And I want to now we're going to go to what we had talked about earlier, which was the elections. We, we have some great elections coming up um, and we're going to do some endorsements tonight. Um, and basically, I want to just start, I guess, um, not sure where I want to go to. You know what I want to go to is there's uh, cannabis is on the ballot. And some people are telling us that there's some other cities in town. So, you know, cannabis is often on the city and town ballot that you live in, live in and you don't even know it. 
I didn't even know that it was on the on the uh, ballot in Methuen. I don't live in Methuen, but usually I'm aware of these little ballot initiatives that are going on, and uh, some of them are, you know, under the radar, so to speak. So this is another reason for you to vote tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, there's city and town elections all across Massachusetts, and in Methuen, cannabis is on the ballot. You have to vote yes for cannabis so that they can have uh, retail manufacturing uh, in the, the uh, city. I think it's a city. Yeah, the city of Methuen. They have a mayor. It's definitely the city of Methuen. So that's one that we're going to tell you to vote tomorrow in. I also want to mention that there's some mayor's races tomorrow. Um, and definitely you want to vote on uh, your local mayor races. But one endorsement I'm going to make right now, the Young Jerks, we endorse Yes on 3 in Boston for an elected school committee. So you should definitely vote in Boston tomorrow. Huge election. There are a lot of people running uh, in Boston. You got the at-large and Boston City Councilor uh, positions open. You also have uh, a mayor mayor's race going. And we were going to make an endorsement tonight uh, for two people for mayor. Number one is Michelle Wu for mayor of Boston. And I also want to make sure that people vote in Haverhill tomorrow. Colin LePage for mayor of Haverhill. If you if you heard tonight what was going on about these fees and you're not happy, call on the page for mayor tomorrow. We have a chance. Remember when I closed tonight and I said, you know, what would happen if the mayor of Haverhill just got rid of the impact fee? And Caroline said it will never happen. Well, I think if Colin LePage is elected tomorrow in Haverhill, that will happen. So you can do something in Haverhill. We, I, I should have brought that up tonight, too. Um, definitely vote in Haverhill tomorrow. I also want you to vote in Boston. Uh, there's some great candidates. Um, we're going to make some endorsements of them as well. Some of them have been on the show. Um, here we go. I'm going to go right to the Boston ones. Young Jerks, we're going to endorse uh, Boston City Council candidates. Uh, you know we're supporting our friend who's been on the show a million times, who's a city councilor at large, who won the election last time, Julia Mejia. We're going to endorse her again. Uh, we're endorsing David Halbert. We're endorsing Tanya Fernandez Anderson. I'm endorsing her based on her street debate with Roya Owen. She's awesome. I love her. Uh, we're obviously also going to endorse Kendra Hicks. And we're going to endorse Ruth Z. I'm not even going to try to say that last name. When she wins, we'll have her on the show and she can tell me how to say it. Um, again, and and again, we're going to go back to Malden too, because this is important. In Malden, there's a huge uh, city council election tomorrow. And we wrote uh, up a story about one of the gentlemen who tried to sell me. I did a little un undercover work and he tried to sell me an open bar alcohol retail. He's an alcohol retailer, one of the city councilors in Malden. His name's Craig Spatafora. He tried to sell me op an open bar at his family's liquor establishment, but he was blocking cannabis. He was like trying to slow down cannabis. So he's a hypocrite and we want to make sure he does not get reelected tomorrow. So we're going to endorse uh, some at-large uh, Malden candidates, Karen Colin Hayes, Carrie McDonald, and Brian DeLacy. I want to thank uh, our friend, Warren Smith, uh, Warren Lynch, for giving us a lot of information about Malden. And we also want to give uh, Malden Ward incumbents, who's who, uh, number one, who's been on the show, Amanda Linehan. We love her. Stephen Winslow, he's also been on the show. And Ryan O'Malley, these are three sitting uh, incumbents. Ryan hasn't actually been on the show, but we're endorsing all three of them as well. So there's quite a few endorsements. Also in Cambridge, I want to endorse the three guys who've been on the show over and over again three sitting city councilors obviously number one our best buddy is uh cambridge city council quentin zondervan i want you to vote for him tomorrow uh jivan sobrino wheeler he's the young uh the young he could be a young jerk he's younger than me young buck definitely vote for him again and uh the one that might surprise people a little bit because you know we don't always agree on every issue but i like this guy because he always comes on he answers the questions Mark McGovern, I'm endorsing all three of them for Cambridge City Council for re-election. Re and again, you know, you notice the people who come on the show, we end up endorsing. Gee, I wonder why, because they answer the questions. And again, I want to make sure people vote in Boston tomorrow. Michelle Wu, I'm definitely endorsing Colin LePage for mayor of Boston. 
Uh, I think that mostly covers it all. But again, I want to make sure you vote in Methuen tomorrow. Vote yes for can uh, can uh, cannabis in Cambridge. I'm a little tongue-tied, if you haven't noticed tonight. I, I've been away. I haven't done as many shows, so I'm trying to get a lot in tonight. I just want to let people know. We did take a break. There was a little bit of off-show drama that happened that kind of came to the surface recently. A lot of BS has been kind of thrown my way, you know, related to that. We kind of, we addressed a lot of it on Facebook. I don't think we need to say much about it on the show, but we might. We may be addressing some things in the, in the near future because we're going to be doing a lot more shows. I know the next show that we already have planned is going right back to, uh, you know, the mold issue, the employee issue at a lot of the dispensaries that we've been reporting on midnightmass.substack.com. I'm uh, going to have a couple of the union reps coming up. That's going to be the very next show. Uh, we have a lot planned. We're going to we're going to kind of start slow uh, towards the end of the year and and start of 2022, full speed ahead like we used to be. And uh, this governor's race, 2022, we're going to be all over it. So I'm back, and I feel like I'm going to be stronger than ever because I feel like I've been too nice lately. And you know, one thing I'll say is I took some shit this week and I, I gave a little out to uh cna stores who we, who we mentioned tonight on the show you know they did this this thing four days before an election cna stores management posed with the haverhill mayor who imposed the outrageous fees and i thought it was a bunch of bs i still do and i really did attack them and predictably just like everyone in the community told me would happen uh they used the veteran status to, to push back at me uh, what i did expect was them to kind of attack me so personally which was interesting from scott winters um you know i did not quite expect that but there will be pushback is what I, i'm going to say on that and i'm not going to get fully into it tonight but i will say one thing when you're when you're uh running CNA stores and you think that you own my own my time a guy who walks dogs seven days a week full-time that's my that's my full-time career and I've been an activist in this space for 20 plus years I was part of decrim medical legal when you weren't there I've been arrested for cannabis lost my seven figure six figure career a hundred thousand dollars plus career over cannabis as being a cannabis cannabis patient there's no one that you're going to find that's done more podcast shows, interviewed more elected officials, that's done more activism, protests, fundraising. There's nobody. And you want my fucking time? Who the fuck are you? Been here for two years. Someone who got sick of driving for Uber who sold out. That's who you are. You know, Caroline and David were very classy tonight. They didn't, I, I could tell, they they didn't want to throw you under the bus like I did. I'm watching you, buddy. I'm watching you very closely. You got sick of you got sick of living the life I lived for over 10, 15 years. And you know what, dude? I didn't need to sell out to make it through that and keep my voice and keep doing what I'm doing. So you better watch who you're talking to, is all I'm saying. Because you haven't been here. You haven't done the things that that we've done. For no money. For no, we're not doing it for a business. We're not doing it for a paycheck. We're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And we have friends all over the all over the state. You know? We have credibility that you don't have. That you you haven't sat here for 10 or 15 years. People haven't watched you for 10 or 15 years. And buddy, last time you tried to pull this shit on my show, which was the last time we actually, I believe, had you on the show, substan you know, in any substantial way. I actually saved your ass from being a dumbass attacking medical caregivers in Maine. Like you, you're like you wanted to attack basically the Mother Teresa option for patients in Massachusetts, and for what? And I saved your ass on that. You should have been thanking me instead of crying out the studio when we kicked your ass out of the studio that night. I did that as a friend. No more friendship with you, buddy. That's that's how I'm going to close tonight. The Young Jerks. I'm giving everyone a taste of where I'm going with the show. I want to thank all of the comments, the listeners, everyone who's been watching all night. You guys are great. You know we'll be back. And I also want to uh, thank all the people who voted for us. That was another one. We, we won our second award. 
Uh, we now have two awards, best, pod, best Cannabis Podcast, Best News Source, voted by the community at the largest cannabis convention on the East Coast. I want to thank everyone who's supporting us, voting for us. And uh, yeah, I want, to, I, want to, I want to really thank the audience, the real ones, the ones who we actually do care about. Thank you so much. And especially the ones who's like, you know, like an Eric Williams tonight who was commenting and watching. Here's a guy who owns a dispensary who actually walked the talk, who I actually knew when I was doing all that other stuff 10 or 15 years ago. And he's still walking the talk. He's still doing the right thing. Not these Johnny-come-latelys. All right, I'm Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. More real talk. We're going to be covering the mold. I, I didn't even mention that story tonight. The, uh, the Cannabis Control Commission, who said it was so dangerous that they couldn't investigate the mold at Holistic Industries, they had to do a virtual investigation because it was too dangerous for their employees to go into. They've cleared holistic industries and let their own employees go back in their holistic industries. You know, people making $15, $20 an hour. It, it's okay. They can risk their lives because, they're, you know, Cannabis Control Commission has done their cover up and closed the entire investigation. We're going to have a lot more reporting on that coming up, too. I can't wait for the next show that we do. We're going to have a couple of union reps. We're going to get into de in depth on what's going on in these uh, cannabis manufacturing plants, especially the big cannabis ones. I'm not talking about my friends over at uh, River Run. No, no, no. We're talking about big cannabis, big national MSOs, multi-state operators. We've been collecting the goods on them. And we're going to have much more reporting on what's going on in terms of the irradi ir uh, irradiated products, the way that they fix the testing, the way that mold is still getting out to patients. We're going to cover that a lot more. And we're going to be talking to some union reps coming up in the next broadcast that we do. Uh, if you have any feedback, if you have any tips, MJC Boston one, number one, MJC Boston, number one at yahoo.com. I appreciate you people. We'll see you soon. Mike Crawford checking out. Young Jerks, thank you so much tonight, people.